Listen to these three rules you have to follow in order to take care of this pet. Number one, no sunlight. No lights, period. Well, you can dim the lights, but don't have them blaring. This pet doesn't like bright lights. Sunlight will kill it. Number two, don't get it wet. Number three, and they don't say what happens if you get it wet. Number three, and this is the most important one. Listen up. Don't feed it after midnight. Welcome to the Actors Room, everybody. Episode number 70. We're going to highlight the film called Gremlins, 1984. Sit back. Relax. Grab yourself that beverage you hold dear. Hope you enjoy the show. Here we are, episode 70. And I've said in the past, when I reach like an even number that's important, like 50 was big, and 70, right? It's big, kinda. 70, all right. Moving along, my name is Jeff Tarowski, and welcome back to the Actors Room. I hope everyone out there is having a great day. For me, it's a Saturday. I'm sitting here. I just got some stuff done downstairs, you know, just like cleaning up. I vacuumed today. I dusted today. That was a lot of fun. Not really. But here we are. And I decided to do like a filler episode. You would like to call it. I like to do my show every two weeks. To give myself time to do research. Don't rush it. Uh, Give it what it needs to make a good show. I watched Gremlins last night with my daughter Lexi. She is 10. She's never seen it. I was actually watching a movie right before that called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon. This was done, I think, in 2015. Uh, First time I watched it was yesterday, called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon. And I started watching it earlier in the day while I was folding laundry. Just watching a film. I love Kevin Bacon. He's one of my personal favorite actors. I think he has a great sense of humor about himself. Um, Just a fun guy to watch, Kevin Bacon. And when I see something on there and I was on Netflix... I said, why not? We'll give this movie a try. I enjoy everything Kevin Bacon does. It was a fine film. Uh, It was like a thriller slash, not a mystery. It had some suspense in it. And it's uh, two kids that run away from home and they find this cop car, like a sheriff's car, in the middle of the field. And they decide to go in there and mess with the car. And eventually they find keys, put ignition, and take off. Well, the reason why the car was abandoned is because the sheriff is crooked and he killed some guy. They don't go into detail. And I don't want to get too much into cop car. I suggest you watch it. If you're a Kevin Bacon fan and you enjoy those kind of movies like a mystery, thriller, suspense. And Kevin Bacon's just great, isn't he? Man, Footloose. He started out his career in New York City way back in the early 80s. Doing plays on Broadway. My One of the very first... 
plays I picked up. Um, when I was a kid in the library, you know, back in the day when you actually had to go to the library, that was, that was interesting. And all the, the Dewey Decimal System, what a mess that was. But one of the very first plays I picked up, it was a hardcover. And it was a play called, I think it was called Picnic? No, it was called Album. I can't believe I remember that. I mean, this was like in the late 80s, early 90s. I remember reading the play. Uh, I liked the play. And in the very middle of the, <clears throat> the script or the play, they had pictures of the production that it, it presented in New York City on Broadway in like 1983. And in the play, there's a young Kevin Bacon. He had to have been 18, 19. Haven't done research on Bacon yet. Will do in the future. But getting away from the fact that I watched Gremlins last night with my daughter Lexi. The reason why I brought up Kevin Bacon in Cop Car is because I continued watching Cop Car that I started earlier in the day, later on, when we came home that night. I watched the second half of the movie with Lexi. She was in the room, and she just you know, was sitting around with me, and she started watching Cop Car with me. And she liked it. At 10 years old, she liked the suspense. She kept looking over at me going, Dad, this is really interesting. I didn't think I'd like this. I'm like, great, you know, it's something that we can watch together. We were having fun. We were talking about the movie, and she liked it. And about a half hour later, the movie ended. And it looked like she wanted to watch something more. We went through all the movies. I said, you know, you want to watch something fun, like a family movie. And she says, Dad, I kind of like uh, the suspense movies. I said, okay. So I'm trying to think, something suspenseful, fun, got some thrill in there, a little, you know, something interesting to watch. And I thought, Gremlins, 1984, executive produced by Steven Spielberg. We go back to back with Steven Spielberg, didn't plan it. And like I said, a filler episode talking about lightly. It's not going to be a long one, I don't think, but you never know with my show, I can babble. But I gotta tell you, when I sat down last night to watch this movie, and by the way, my wife hates this movie, I think. She's picky with stuff, especially entertainment-based. And this movie will flash across the screen when we're browsing Netflix and I'll bring it up. She's like, no, I would rather not. And the last time I saw this movie was years ago. It's a kid's movie, kind of. <laughs> I say that lightly because watching it at the age of 42 in 2019, it's truly incredible. <laughs> Some of the things that were put in this movie. Originally, this film was supposed to be a sequel to E.T. Spielberg wanted to create a sequel. E.T. was such a big hit that Spielberg wanted to sort of ride those coattails. You know, keep going and see if he can come up with something. And he felt that if I can make a second part to E.T., that could be fun. The audience would definitely come out and see it because E.T. 
was such a big film when I was a kid. I grew up in the 80s. And this has to be one of the biggest movies ever by Spielberg. E.T. What a creepy movie too. And my grandparents and my parents, because it was such a big movie, they took us to the theater like five times to see this movie. I was a little creeped out by it. Um, When you think back to E.T. when you were a kid, didn't that creep you out too? Think about it. If it didn't, that's fine. It creeped me out. Spielberg puts in that creepiness, doesn't he? And when I watched Gremlins last night, it sort of brought back that that feeling, although not as creepy as E.T. Gremlins definitely had (laughs) some interesting material that I like to discuss in the actor's room. I want to take this moment to say my name, Jeff Tarowski. I have a website called theactorsroom.lipson.com. You go on there. I have a donate button for those who would love to donate to the show. A dollar would be fine. Even 50 cents. It shows, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. I also have a Facebook page. It's called The Actors Room. You go on Facebook. You just put in The Actors Room and you get pictures. Uh, It's a great place to send me comments. I think the most comments I get is on Facebook. Just messages. Your show's fine. Your show's not fine. Uh, Complaints that I get. Usually are on Facebook. Some have put it into the comment section on iTunes, which is fine too. Um, If you have a negative comment, put it on iTunes. And I received a few after I did my Michael Jackson documentary. Uh, They were not afraid to go on there and and bash me and my... uh, They said I needed to get therapy. Okay. Uh, We all have our issues. I have a bit of an anger issue. I admit it. Uh, Sometimes I just... I yell. (laughs) I uh, let things sort of bubble and kind of boil over in my head. And sometimes, even on my show, uh, they said that it seems like I have anger issues. That might be the case. I do have some slight anger issues. And I'm okay with that. I am. That's just who I am. If I come off, uh, he said I was, one of the comments said I was lip smacking. I'm not quite sure what that means. I smack my lips. I guess it's a figure of speech. I guess I complain sometimes. Don't we all? I'm trying not to. I'm going to try to stay positive. Talking about gremlins. Although wanting also to bring up plot holes. uh, Weird things in there. And the fact that this movie pushed audiences and the rating system to label this as PG-13. It was a new thing coming out back then. PG-13. Um, Just because you have the content that's directed towards a certain age group. And in this movie, it's directed towards a younger crowd. But there are images, subject matters that are a bit edgy. And when I say a bit edgy, I mean I'm being very nice. It was edgy. And it got a lot of complaints in the screening process before they put the film out that Gremlins was too edgy. No way they're going to let their little kid watch it because of the content. Steven Spielberg felt that it would be a good idea to release this film under a new rating. 
PG-13, which means that 13 and older are allowed to watch it. And if you're under 13, you better have a parent right next to you. And if you don't, don't watch the movie. Okay. Do you know how many times I would come downstairs or when I was a kid, HBO, Cinemax, oh, Cinemax. And Showtime, and there was another one too, the movie channel. That one wasn't as big, but HBO was huge. And so was Cinemax for all those young teenagers. Thank you, Cinemax. HBO, cable. I mean, there was stuff available to young kids in the 80s that parents probably shouldn't have had their kids watching. But you know what? Hey, it's out there. We were educated, right? I guess you could say that. The kids of today have all their phones and devices and tablets and shit. They are presented with a shitload of knowledge right at their fingertips. In the 80s, we had HBO. We had Cinemax. (laughs) What a glorious time. And uh, we saw things we probably shouldn't have. And thank you, Steven Spielberg. For putting movies out there that were, hey, interesting. So let's talk a bit about Gremlins, 1984. This quirky film was written by Christopher Columbus. No, not the Christopher Columbus that discovered the new land. And Christopher Columbus, the explorer, the Italian guy. Was he Italian? Right? They say he's Italian, right? He didn't discover America, and he definitely wasn't the first to discover that land. Um, I just love that, you know, as a kid, it was pretty much like, hey, Christopher Columbus discovered the new land. There were American Indians here first, off topic, because the writer of this film, Gremlins, his name is Christopher Columbus. He directed Home Alone. Hmm? He directed a few of the Harry Potter movies, and he wrote this one, Gremlins. And like I said, Spielberg wanted to make it a sequel to E.T. Didn't happen. So they came up with a new idea, and Christopher Columbus helped with the script. It is also a book or novel written by, his last name is Dole. Dole wrote Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Interesting cat. Do some research on the writer of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he inspired the script of this movie, Gremlins, with his novel called the same name, Gremlins. And his novel revolved around the idea of uh, the Gremlins going into machines in World War II and bringing down planes and other equipment. And if you notice in the film, Fetterman who's a character in Gremlins, talks about this very thing. How when he was in World War II, there were ships, planes, and other vehicles in World War II that were brought down by a, like a critter. He called Gremlins. Anyway, Spielberg wanted, get this, the director of Edward Scissorhands. Okay. And who's that? 
Tim Burton. Spielberg wanted Tim Burton to direct this film. That was his first choice. Burton wasn't known yet. He had done a short film that was done earlier on that Spielberg really liked. And as a prospect of directors, Burton was on the list. Very high on Spielberg's list. And I couldn't find out why Burton didn't do it. I think it was because Burton felt he wasn't ready. I think it was just too much at the time. And instead of doing Gremlins, Burton went on to direct Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Remember that one? It was years ago that I found out Burton directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And then realized just how weird and creepy that movie is. It's a kid's movie. Think of Pee-wee Herman and that character. What were we exposed to as kids? Whoa, weird stuff. Weird stuff, folks. Weird stuff. Burton couldn't do it. Think how weird and creepy Gremlins would have been if Burton did that. And I consider Burton a true artist. No matter how creepy he is, he brings that dark spin to all his films. And it works. They're enjoyable. They're entertaining. They have this deep meaning. He places in his love of art into all those films that he does. I mean, look at Beetlejuice. I think probably his most popular movie is Beetlejuice, I think. I mean, Edward Scissorhands is up there. But Beetlejuice, we were all exposed to Tim Burton at that point because Beetlejuice was a big film. Getting off topic, but Burton was suggested or wanted to uh, be a part of this by Steven Spielberg's standards. Couldn't get him. And the director of this movie ended up being Joe Dante. He did a good job, I thought. Uh, the movie's entertaining, Gremlins. It is. It's a Christmas movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I think of Christmas films, I don't think of this one. Uh, get back to me on this. Is this a movie that you put in every Christmas to watch? I just don't consider this a Christmas movie, but it is. Uh, originally, the premise was to have the Mogwai Gizmo uh, turn evil, just like Stripe did. He was supposed to turn into Stripe. All the way up until like once they started filming. That was supposed to be the case. And during the progression of the film, Spielberg realized that we can't make Gizmo hateable. The audience is really going to love this furry little guy, Gizmo. And decided to go ahead and make another character, another gremlin, the bad guy. And uh, quite honestly, I felt Stripe was a good, uh, hateful figure. I hated him, right? And let's talk about Hoyt Axton, the actor that played the father. If you notice in the film, he's not in it that much. Little bit, he's in the beginning. He's actually the narration in the very beginning. He talks about, oh, this is my story. This is our story. And goes about uh, setting up the film for you. And then he shows up a little bit in the middle. He's always away. Uh, he's an inventor. He invents stupid, stupid Inventions that don't work. None of them work. They suck. And poor Billy, the main character of our story besides Gizmo, the hero, is a bank teller and pretty much supports the family. Poor guy. He's like 21 years old. 
And he's pretty much supporting the family. He has a car that doesn't work ever. I don't think he, you see him driving that car ever. In the beginning of the film, he can't even start it. Poor guy. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the plot. A lot of plot holes in this movie. And the fact that these rules that are put in place are so stupid. I'm going to go ahead and poke some holes. The, the third rule. I mean, I understand the whole uh, light, right? Uh, it's afraid of uh, sunlight and bright lights, things like that. It hurts him. You know, he just has very sensitive eyes, right? Okay. That rule, I get. Just keep him out of the sunlight. And if you're going to have him inside, of course, make sure the rooms are dim. All right. That's pretty easy. Don't get him wet. This one would be hard. And you see in the movie, that didn't last long. Uh, a, what was it? I think they had paintbrushes in a glass. They had water in it. Corey Feldman, a young Corey Feldman is in the movie. He uh, pushes over this glass of water and boom, he's wet. What happens? He multiplies. Five of them pop up. And I guess it does matter how much water gets poured on them because later on in the film, Billy brings one of these fucking gizmos, Mogwai, to the teacher, like his chemistry teacher, and shows them. And they just do like a drop of water on one of these Mogwais. And one comes out. And then later on in the film, where fuckhead, you know, white-haired guy, Spike, jumps into a fucking pool. And that's a hell of a visual. I can't believe I'm talking about this movie. I hope you find it interesting to find out information about Gremlins when you're a kid or you haven't seen it yet. And you go, hmm, Gremlins, I'll check it out. It's on providers, folks. Go on Netflix. It is there now. Did I say Netflix? Netflix. Oh, boy. I may be doing some editing today. Oh, my gosh. And it's weird, too. I'm doing it. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I hardly ever do my shows at this time. I just don't. It's a little weird. I got a weird vibe going on here. Uh, I may re-record this tomorrow. If I have time, I might not. A filler episode, folks. A fun episode discussing gremlins. The rule. The third rule that really just doesn't make any sense. And even when I was small, I never understood this rule. Who came up with this rule? Christopher Columbus, I guess. The third rule is never ever feed the critter after midnight. Hmm. Um, hmm. Isn't it always after midnight? Right now, it's one o'clock on a Saturday in the afternoon. It's after midnight. Where's the cutoff? They never say, don't feed it after midnight. Till 8 o'clock in the morning. Between 12 a.m. Okay. And 8 a.m. That's the window. Don't do it. At 7.59. You give that fucker a piece of bread. It will. Be fucked. It'll turn into a cocoon. And you see that. The gremlins. Find a way. Like it's deep down inside them. And even Gizmo. After he is uh, drenched with water and five of them pop out, he looks depressed. 
because he knows. They're like the spawns of the devil. These other gizmos. Magwai. <laughs> and I have a Shih Tzu. <laughs> and uh, he looks like uh, Magwai. A little bit. The eyes and everything. And I was completely obsessed when I was a kid with uh, Gizmo. I had, I'll admit it, I had a little stuffed animal that was Gizmo. The damn cute. Could you imagine if there were actually Mogwai out there? Those little critters, like you can keep as pets. They like to sing. They look very cheerful. Didn't Gizmo look just cheerful all the time? If you weren't blaring a light in his face. The thing was just a, a pleasure. You would put him up by the keyboard and you'd play a song and it would sing. And the voice of Gizmo was Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, comedian back in the 80s and 90s. And he hosted that show where you would uh, pick the suitcases. And he's bald now. I love that show. What is that? Where you would pick from the suitcases. They'd have numbers on them. And uh, that's kind of escaping me right now beside the point but Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo bright light bright light that was Howie Mandel the actors in this movie all very good Uh, the performances were very well done by Billy Um, his love interest was Phoebe Cates and she had done Fast Times at Ridgemont High where she took her top off so it was questionable if they should have her in the movie uh, she's cute, and she did well as she did well as well. Yeah, I was gonna say that she did well as well. Now I know why uh, a lot of people probably don't listen to my show. They hear it once and go, "What a bumbling moron!" Questionable things put in this film that I want to discuss with you, and probably the main reason why I'm doing an episode on this film. Sitting down, watching it last night. After, gosh, it's been years since the last time I saw it from beginning to end. Alright, just gonna, okay. (laughs) The whole, uh, you know, poking plot holes and stuff. When the father buys this thing, uh, he doesn't know what it is. Complete mystery to him. For all he knows, I mean, he gets a glimpse of it, hears it sing... And is willing to pay $200 for this thing. And says, I've been looking all over for this. You have? Really? Um, This thing is like unknown to the outside world. There's probably just one of them. Who knows how many there are. But in Christopher Columbus's world of gremlins. This could be the only one. In this small shop in Chinatown. Like underground. Has no idea what it is. Oh you've been looking for this? No you haven't. That's weird. Why put that in there? Stupid to put put in the script, that line of dialogue. You haven't been looking for this. It's interesting. You should have said something like, oh, how interesting. My son would love it. Anyway, the owner says, ain't going to happen. There's no way I'm giving you this thing. Way too much responsibility. God only knows what would happen. And we will find out what happens. If you take this thing and bring it out into the world. It doesn't take long. Until... It gets wet. <laughs> Thank you, Corey Feldman. You fucker. He knocks down the water. Gizmo gets wet. He multiplies. And five 
other gizmos come out and start causing trouble right away. They pull the plug and ruin the clock so they can convince Billy to feed them when it's after midnight. And when that happens, they turn into cocoons. They go through a transformation and turn into gremlins. And this and when, this is when things get really messed up as far as just the content. These, I mean, it's incredible. Look what happens when they get out of their cocoon. They are evil right off the bat. And the poor mom is downstairs making gingerbread cookies. It's Christmas time. And she hears this ruckus going on. And the gremlins are throwing darts at Gizmo. They got him up on the dartboard. And they throw him into the laundry chute. And the mom is downstairs. She picks up a knife. She gets herself prepared. And they start trashing the house. And there's badass mom. She's fending off stuff being thrown at her. Actually stabs and kills them at one point. She puts one in a blender. One in a microwave as well. I mean five of them. She takes care of like four of them. She's got one that she puts into the microwave. That was fucked up. It only took about 15 seconds for that thing to fucking explode. In the microwave. Gross. Pieces of critter in the microwave. She puts one in the blender. I think that's the first one. Crushes it all up. And the other one. She just goes all out. And stabs it. Over and over again. Get out of my kitchen she says. Wow folks. And. There's five of them. And what happens with the other one? Wow. If you know let me know. Did she kill that one? Yeah. She does. No wait. It's in the tree. (laughs) The Christmas tree. (laughs) The last one. The one before Stripe. This thing is in the Christmas tree. And she backs up. It starts attacking her. Scratching her. And at one point has her on the ground. And has a scarf around her neck. Choking her. And Billy thankfully. Comes in the house. And gets the sword. That falls off the wall. Every time you open the door. And slam the front door. Takes the sword. And decapitates. The gremlin. This is a kids movie folks. Gotta be 13. Wow. (laughs) Stripe gets away. Of course. And jumps into the. That Olympic sized swimming pool. And creates like. I don't even know how many more. A couple hundred. Billy decides to visit. The chemistry teacher. Who is killed by. The cocoon that was in. The classroom. Well this thing. Actually shoots him in the ass. With some sort of shot. You see it. He's laying on the ground. And he has a syringe. Sticking out of his ass. Billy decides to go to the cops Tell them what's going on You know, be prepared You're going to get a lot of phone calls These fuckers are out And they're drunk Yet two cops Probably the only two cops In that town On Christmas Eve Are drunk Both of them are drinking on the job Looks like they got whiskey They're having a good old time And if you notice 
the actor that is sitting down making fun of Billy, you know, not believing his story, is Mike from Breaking Bad, one of my all-time favorite characters in sitcom history. Mike from Breaking Bad is one of the cops, the younger cop in Gremlins, and they're drinking on the job. (laughs) It's Christmas Eve, right? A small town. Nothing's going to happen. Oh yeah, something does happen. The gremlins are coming, man. They are just creating havoc on that small town. And I'm getting a little bit off track. But the set of gremlins is the same set used in Back to the Future. Throw that out there. On the back lots in Los Angeles, whatever, Hollywood. That is the same set used in Back to the Future, the last show and film I talked about just last week. So there you go. That's not snow, folks. That's all over the place. That is fake snow. It was probably 85 degrees while making this movie. The Gremlins are out. And they got a phone call because the Fettermans, they were killed by Gremlins in a snowplow. Went right through the house. Killed the Fettermans. The poor Fettermans. The Gremlins got them eventually. They're starting to believe Billy now. A bit. They go out, make the call. And see the town in complete madness. And at one point you see. One of the townspeople. That dress up like Santa. Just being attacked. There's like three or four of these Gremlins. Attacking him all over him. And the two cops are watching it happen. Right in front of them. In their cop car. And they're just watching this scene. What do they do? Nothing. They watch this poor guy. Poor Santa. Being killed. And they sit in their cop car. The one cop. Actually says. Let's go back to the station. Those are some great cops. They're drunk. I get it. They're paranoid and scared. I would be, but you're a cop, man. That's your job. That's what they're paying you for. You got to step up, bro. The cops don't get out of the car and help this poor guy. What do they do? They drive away. Hmm. I found that very interesting watching that last night. The cops don't get out of the car to help poor Santa. He's being completely ripped apart by gremlins. No, they just drive away. They save their own ass. Those are true heroes. What the f... Wow. And we got to point this out. If you remember in the film, and I can't believe they kept this in, when the love interest, Phoebe Cates, talks about why she doesn't like Christmas. (laughs) A low point in the film, folks. I mean, all this chaos is going on. But they take special time Out of all the chaos. To bring us back down. Because we got to know why. Kate doesn't like Christmas. And she goes on to explain. That her father. Died. On Christmas Eve. (laughs) Okay. The story is. That her dad wanted to surprise the family. By dressing up as Santa. And coming down the chimney. On Christmas Eve. Um, uh, what? Okay, let's break it down. And I hate to say it, but what moron 
Dad, bad call. I don't think I've ever seen a chimney big enough to support a grown man coming down a chimney. Like, uh, have you ever known a chimney to be big enough where you can actually go down it and trust yourself to go down a chimney? No. No, no, no. I've never even heard of that. Okay. And in this movie, Christopher Columbus wrote this in there. That her dad died coming down the chimney, broke his neck, and was lodged in the chimney for days. And Kate explains that days later, it was cold, they light the fire in the chimney and smelled something. And they found the dead father lodged in the chimney. What a weird story. And it almost was not put into the film because, hello, that's weird. But the director and writer felt it necessary to put it in there as a sick joke. Folks, I'm not making this up. Gremlins, 1984. (laughs) They find a way to get rid of all the bastards. But before we end this episode, in the actor's room, a filler episode briefly touching on Gremlins. We have to talk about the bar scene. And Kate... She's a bartender in the movie. Kate has to take care of these ruthless, ridiculous gremlins, the patrons in this bar. They take it over. They're drinking. Okay. They're smoking. Right. But wait, aren't they afraid of fire and light? How did they light them? And then Kate later on in the scene tries to help with the cigarette lighting and lights a match. And they're like backing away. Well, how the hell did they get the other ones lit? Anyway, plot hole. Moving on. Check out what those gremlins are doing in that bar. <laughs> There's some weird shit going on in that bar, folks. Weird, creepy shit. I sat with my mouth wide the fuck open watching that scene. Not only are they drinking and smoking, okay... It's supposed to be PG-13. There's some weird stuff with puppets going on in there. Uh, it, watch the scene again. I don't want to break it down. You take it for what it is. Do your own research on that scene. Remember, in Gremlins, they are in the bar. Watch it. It's like five minutes long. It's kind of a big part in the movie. And they all get together and watch, uh, Was it, uh, Snow White and the Three Dwarfs. There weren't three. There were more than three. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. All of them just happen to go into the movie theater and <laughs> watch this movie. And it sets up uh, exploding. You know, they get it to explode. But Stripe gets away and then there's the showdown at the end. Uh, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. That Steven Spielberg does some very interesting projects. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind, an, another alien movie that he did in the 80s with uh, Richard Dreyfus is one that you should uh, see if you've never seen that. I suggest that one. Um, and doing an episode on Spielberg is going to be a lot of work. Um, he's on my list. I get a long list. And I have who I'm going to do next week. 
I'm going to finish up my research on this actor. You won't be surprised who it is. <laughs> I had to do him coming up because he's so fascinating. And I think you'll really enjoy. And I'm trying to get in touch with him. I reached out. I extended my olive branch to him. We'll see if he takes hold of it. I hope he does. It'll add to the show. 1984 Gremlins. Executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Directed by Joe Dante. And uh, cast and crew. Fantastic. Let's put it this way. That movie is entertaining. And although it takes place in Christmas time. Where there's snow on the ground. And these gremlins are running around. I thought that you can't get them wet. But it's okay. If you step on snow. (sighs) Thank you. This is the actor's room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. I hope you enjoyed this little filler episode of The Actor's Room highlighting gremlins. Go out tonight. Have a good time. Enjoy life. Have a drink or two. Uh, Get together with someone that you haven't seen in a while. I kind of like saying this now in my episodes. Reaching out. It's summertime here uh, in my part of the world in It's been a great summer so far. We've had a lot of rain, but it keeps everything sort of nice and green. Uh, Things continue to grow because in this part of the world, it's almost a guarantee that about a month from now, everything's going to turn brown because it's going to stop raining for like two weeks. And I enjoy going out and taking care of my yard. Um, I do. I enjoy it. It's great exercise. I get outside And I take care of things. I enjoy it. Uh, So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the Actors Room. Donate to the show. Support it. Go on iTunes. Put a comment in. It takes literally 20 seconds to go onto iTunes. Leave a review. It's a a five-star review. You you click on the stars. It's it. It's all you got to do. You click on the stars. It takes five seconds. It helps my show. I've had 14 ratings. 14. I'm going on two years with this show. I'm in my third season. Uh, It's going to be two full years coming up real soon. Um, Thinking I'm going to advertise. I looked into that. I got in touch with a few shows that I enjoy. And looking to advertise. I got some pricing. Something I'm going to like maybe save up for. And do in the future, they can like, on these shows I listen to, I can do an interview, and then they will advertise my show. It'll help spread the word. I'm thinking of just doing some advertising. I've said it in the past, I'm just hesitant to fork over the money. I'm going to have to, to get a broader audience. Thank you. Once again, God bless you. Have a good one.